Have you ever absolutely panicked after you accidentally deleted a file on your computer? I know I have. It's not an issue if you've got CrashPlan Smart Recovery. Your files are just a few clicks away and can be restored in a snap. CrashPlan provides the best cloud backup solutions in the market. Visit CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. Now you can protect all your work with an unlimited backup and recovery solution. CrashPlan makes it simple to restore some or all of your data. And with unlimited version retention, CrashPlan can be your ultimate rewind button. Get unlimited computer backup for you or your business with CrashPlan Professional. CrashPlan backs up files that live on your computer and works with PC, Mac, and Linux. Don't let data disasters slow you down. CrashPlan has your back and keeps you moving. Go to CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year of CrashPlan. That's CrashPlan.com slash BossProject for 50% off your first year. Back up better with CrashPlan. Today on the podcast, we have Kate Boyd, who is the founder of Cobblestone Creative Co. and Girlfriend Knows Conversions. And I'm super excited about this episode. But after raising seven figures in revenue for a nonprofit organization through powerful messaging, copywriting, and marketing is how she started her own business that helps bring more creativity and genuine connection. And we're seriously explaining what genuine connection is and how to reach it to the digital marketing space. But since that, which was just three years ago, she's built three profitable online businesses and created live and automated marketing and sales experiences that convert up to five times the normal rates. So Kate knows her stuff. Yeah. In this episode, we're talking all about increasing conversions and humanizing your launch so that people trust you more, so they feel more involved, how you're priming them by talking about their mindsets, myths, and mistakes, how you are getting in front of them to get them ready for the sale, and having a aspect of personal outreach included with your automated strategies in order to make your next launch even more powerful. I'm excited for you to dive in and be on the lookout because we might steal some of these tactics in our next launch. And grab a notepad because Abby took notes. So I know you guys are going to want to do it too. Hey, Kate, welcome to the show. Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here. I'm excited to have you. We are talking about one of my like I think newfound favorite things, like as a business owner, pre-business owner life, I never thought I would say these words. I love talking about conversions. (laughs) And that sounds super nerdy, but you guys know that we are a little bit down that nerd route. And this shouldn't be a surprise to a lot of you where we talk about measuring the results of your launches or your social media game plan or your email marketing game plan just to see what's working and what's not working. And Kate is a conversion expert. And she has a bunch of resources and tools for you guys. And we're going to go over some of her tactics today. So I think it's going to be super helpful to get another perspective on maybe how to look at that a quote, I put this in air quotes, a failed launch that you just had or a flop or a lackluster launch or all of those Instagram posts that you're writing on social media that just aren't really like booking you clients or making you sales. Maybe what are some other changes that we can tackle? So spill your conversion knowledge. <laughs> I think there's also a lot right now in the space about failed launches and just how the industry or even how online is changing and developing. And we're seeing this in the wake of the Facebook stuff. So people are being a lot more tight with how they share their information or they're just hyper aware of all of that. And so we're kind of going through this change phase and we've even been seeing it, I feel like, for the last 
year or so, you could start to see the tide change a little bit of just how things haven't been working as well as they have, or how you're having to pay more in some instances to get the same results, right, as you did before. And so you were seeing people who are like big, big, were on the on like the cutting edge before having those failed launches and having those things. And so it's really had to go back and look, have adjust the way that we actually look at launches. And so that's what's really fun for me and my clients to work through is how do we develop that? And, and the first thing I would say is when you're looking at your launch, even if it doesn't go as well as you think it should have, it's still not a failure because you get so much great information and interaction in that, that to look at it as a failure is just to count out all of that amazing stuff that you just did that, that frankly, there's nothing else like a launch to develop that super quickly. So if you ever want a lot of information about your business, your products, your audience, a launch is the best way to get it. I 100% agree with that. And every single time I see someone like it hurts, it sucks. I've been down that route of like, no one bought on that webinar or two people bought when we projected that 200 people would buy or whatever. Right. And it freaking sucks. Like, so have your cry fest, call your best friend and just like be devastated for a second, but then go look at the numbers. Like what did it actually tell you? If it didn't tell you sales, what did you learn? Absolutely. So yes, you have permission to grieve. That's totally fine. But don't let that keep you from launching in the future or putting yourself out there more because it doesn't mean that you're a failure. It just means that something went wrong in this way that you just need to go back and track where that is. And so when I look at the launches that I do with my clients and how they've, what I feel are the differentiators that have really helped us to boost conversions rather than leave them behind, I would say there are three key things that we've seen work really well. And the first is that we build the relationship long before we ever decide to launch. And so I think what you're seeing is the reason why all these big people are having these more failed launches is because they're pumping a lot of people in at the very end, at the point of conversion, right? At that webinar, at that challenge point. There's nothing wrong with that, but you have to know when you're doing that, you don't have that same relationship that you would have had with an audience had you spent four, eight, 12 weeks with them before, right? And that's like even just in a human relationship. You don't propose on the first date, probably. There's probably an exception, right? But there, most of the time, it's a long process of getting to know people. And so we work really focused on getting people in earlier, whether that's paid or organic. And then we're very strategic with the content that we use leading up to our launch so that we use what I call priming content, which allows us to actually you know, start overcoming objections or uh, adjusting the way people look at the problem that we're solving with our product before we even get to the point of telling them there's a product involved. And so that's been a key. The first thing that I would say that has been really helpful is actually being very intentional about where we start getting the colder leads in and then how we treat those people leading up to the launch. Yeah, I think that's a piece that a lot of people miss. They either miss completely, like they haven't laid the foundation. They think that they can just throw money at ads and sell a product because it's going to fulfill a need and there was no foundation built. 
Or they forget that all of the work and the time that they're taking right now to write that blog post or deliver that opt-in or be on social media is beginning to lay that foundation. And if you're doing that piece even more strategically, it's going to affect a launch that's even three, six months into the future. Absolutely. Like everything builds that foundation of the relationship, no matter where it is. And so always, and I think that's why, you know, we sometimes struggle to even wonder like, why do I need to be doing this all year round? And it's because you need those people, right? No matter what kind of business you're in. I even worked with some physical product people on launches and it's the same thing. They're still getting people on their list. They're giving them value. And when they're ready to run a sale, that's when, you know, they're doing a lot of things to still adjust around some of this stuff. But, and it looks a little different because a sale is different than say like a launch that opens and closes doors to something, but it's, it's all the same. And so you've always got to be intentional about getting the right people in the door, making sure you know who those warm people are and that you're actually taking the time to warm people up in the process. So talk to us about the warming process itself. What what sort of content should people be focusing on creating and how would you recommend delivering it? So on the first point, I say that these typically fall into three categories and I call them mindsets, myths, and mistakes. So what are first the mindsets that are keeping people stuck? Why haven't they taken action on this before? Why haven't they been doing what they've been doing or what they need to be doing? So what are the things that are keeping them in that place? The second thing is the myth. So what is going on around them or what are the things that they believe about that action or that they believe about their industry or believe about whatever that whether it's being given through you or for someone else that they're stuck in that you need to say, actually, this is how it works. Not that, even though it feels like it should be that, it should be this. And then mistakes. What are the things that they are making, the little mistakes that they're making along the way? So it's great. They're taking action. They're doing things. But what can they do better? And if you're able to like correct them in those little ways, then you know they're super grateful because they get a quick win from those things even before you actually get them into a lot, like a more launchy process. So those are those tend to be where we start. Obviously, everybody's business or product has other little things that we need to adjust or think about, right? If you've got like a membership site, we've got to talk about why community is important before then. And so there's all these little things that maybe need to be adjusted per person. But that's at least where I start brainstorming with my clients because that's really helpful. As to how to deliver that, I think that's going to vary by business as far as medium goes, right? Whether you do it from video or podcast or, you know, written blog posts or all of those things, because I'm willing to bet that your audience probably has a little bit of all of those in there, you know, and so we deliver it through social media, but primarily through, say, email to those like major pieces where we address those things in more long form, but certainly can be broken up to be used across social media as well. So you have that consistent messaging leading up to your launch too. So what if you sell a coffee mug? How do do those three M's really relate to like, what are the mistakes about buying a coffee mug or the myths? Or can you give us some kind of copy idea for businesses like that? Yeah. So I would say for a coffee mug, it probably depends on like, what are the extraordinary features of your coffee mug? Like what makes it different from everybody else's that you can address, right? Like maybe yours is the kind that 
doesn't get too hot or something, right? And so you can talk about, you know, everyone's just believing that coffee has to be (laughs) or that your coffee mug has to burn your hand in order to have the temperature of coffee you want or that you can't have, you know, a cute coffee mug and be a professional person. So these are kind of like myths and mindsets that you could be talking about beforehand. Well, and I think too, specifically, there's some, they're more like hand letters and designers that sell their designs on their products. And I've been realizing that their kind of messaging, although they might be selling a print or a coffee mug or something, that they're trying to really like identify as their human personality to connect with the humans that are buying their stuff. Because at the end of the day, like a coffee mug is a coffee mug, like in reality, there's, there's not going to be that anything special about one for the other. So I think really bringing in the piece of like your struggles as a human to connect to other human struggles and do we have this in common? So buy from me because we have something in common. Totally. And so actually when I work with my clients on social media too, we have, I use what I call the content funnel framework. And part of that is just like being the human part of you, right? And that's like the the like part. Nobody's going to buy something if they don't actually like you. That's why they don't go from no to trust, right? They actually have to like who you are and connect with you in some way, whether that's values or, you know, personality, the stories, the life experiences that you have. So that's always a really important part of how you should approach all content across the board, no matter what your business is, or if your business is like a bigger corporation, what's the personality of that business? Who are the people inside of that or the customers like that? And how can you use those stories and those connection points? Because I think that's, that's what helps to set you apart. It's not just the products you sell. It's also you as a, as a human being. So when you're warming them up, like how long or how far in advance should you be creating content around those three M's prior to launch? This will vary. So part of that is how much time, I mean, how much time do you have? I sort of have this, you're either always trading time or money, right? And so you can accelerate some of those things with paid traffic. But if you're trying to do this mostly organically, you're going to want to start a lot earlier, at least in gathering your leads for that. And then some of this will also depend on price point. If you're selling something that's $15, a couple of weeks is probably enough. And you've You know, there's way fewer types of objections to overcome in that circumstance because, you know, it's $15, they're going to buy it or they're not going to buy it, you know? And so if you're selling something that's $2,000, you might need more like four to eight weeks of working on that. And of course, there's going to be people coming through this whole process. And so we just want to make sure that we are consistently touching on the right things. And we're just very focused on building that relationship with them no matter where they come in. And then we know that they're at least primed. We've been taking care of them. And the next time it opens, they might be ready, you know? And so we're not just focused on this launch. We're focused on our future launches or our future funnels or however else we want to sell this particular thing. And so it's all valuable to do that no matter what the range is. I've definitely noticed in the past that even if we didn't hit them with this launch in the right way, like timing wise, if we started too late on warming them up, because we spent the time doing what we did, even if they didn't buy, they're so much more likely to stick around and buy the next time. And so that's why I'm so passionate about a selling the same thing over and over again instead of giving up and making something new. 
Well, and I think that really showed itself to us recently when we had someone who seemingly from the outside, if you had just peeked in when she had bought, she went from like not interested to buying a $2,000 product within 24 hours, which like never happens, right? But when we truly digested like, okay, how long has she been around? Has she bought anything else? Has she downloaded anything else? Where is she active in our community? We'd realize she'd been around for three, two years. So I'm like, you know, she's bought other stuff from us and I'm sure listened to the show and b- downloaded this thing and watched this live. And it just takes those little building blocks for as soon as she's ready. It's fast for her to make that decision to buy that that higher end product. But from the outside looking in, you're like, how'd she go? Just wake up one day and want to go buy that thing. And that's not really what happened. Totally. And that's why it's really important to be tracking all those touch points as far as you possibly can, right? There's a lot. Technology allows us a lot of those things these days. And as you are able to track those, then you can actually work other ways of reaching out to people in once you know what your customers, how your customers tend to behave, right? And that's another part of like what I help my clients do is find those personal outreach opportunities or they're really warm and hot leads based on historical data, or even sometimes it's even just anecdotal, right? But if we're able to do that, then we know how a person tends to behave before they buy a certain level of something. We can actually use that information to make sure that we send them a personal email during the launch that says, hey, we notice you've been doing these things, or we're so grateful you've been around. We think this might be a good fit for you, and here's why. Or we've seen you in our community. You've been super engaged, and we would love to have you inside of this community because we think it's valuable for you, but also you bring so much value to us, right? It's just those little things. Or even my, I have a good friend, and we were working through part of her funnel, just like off the cuff at a lunch one day, and she was noticing that people were going through her webinar funnel, and then it was like, Two to four weeks later, they'd watch the webinar again, and that's when they would sign up. So I was like, why aren't you emailing those people like a week and a half or two weeks and inviting them back to the webinar or inviting them to another webinar that's kind of similar to get them in because you notice that that's actually when they're purchasing and it's not that first webinar. So how much more effective is it that second time? Why don't we build that into system. And you can do that same thing with your launch too. You can have that personal outreach, whether it's people you know personally, or people that you see are behaving like your customers or tend to take in the content or have been on your list for three years and haven't purchased. Those are the people to reach out to and either invite to like a special event or actually just send a personal invitation into the product or program itself. So how would you recommend doing that? Is that something you've been automating for your clients? Or is that something you go in and pull data and send individual emails to people? It's both. It And it depends on the process too. I mean, that's how I actually set up funnels in my business is what behaviors are they taking? And that's how I trigger the emails that actually send a whether that's a, hey, let's hop on a call email or, hey, here are the products in my shop that I think work for you. They're actually triggered. We're setting those up right now, Abby, by the way. I'm working on that. Yeah, we're actually triggered on behaviors. That's so great. Because that's actually, it's more like your relationship, right? But in a launch, I think it sort of depends on how many people and what your systems are. If you've got like 
a thousand of those people to send emails to, you probably shouldn't send that in a very (laughs) one by one email. But you can send a more personalized version of different launch emails that you have. Most of my clients, they're in their first or second launch. So they're early on. And so they're just kind of looking for their repeatable framework to use over and over and tweak from there. And so we're actually able to, you know, go in and say, like, these are all the people who clicked through to look at the sales page. These are the ones that haven't purchased yet. Let's send them an email and ask if they have any more questions, you know, and that just can go from your Gmail. And there's even ways to work around and get all fancy and trigger like Gmail emails from your automated system. So it looks super personal, but it's not actually personal. It's not something you have to do every time. So there are a lot of ways to work those little things in. So it can be automated or it can be super personal. And it kind of depends on your bandwidth, your technology, all those things. And for more ideas, a couple of ways that we've done this and, and the new way that we're now currently setting up. Uh, when we launched our signature program, which is $2,000 for the very first time, we did a webinar, we got people on board, but we knew we would have people who were super engaged in our audience that hadn't bought yet. And Abby and I literally made a list of who those people were, who we think that would be perfect for the program. We split it in half and we sent them Voxer messages. So voice memos of like, let's chat about why you are in here. Here's why I think it's great for you. I'm sending you this personal invitation. And that took like a couple hours of our time. It wasn't a crazy list, but it converted really well. And I think when you're no matter how big your business is big or small, I think if you're in your first or second launch, like it takes sometimes those grassroots efforts to get the people in. So you can build those connections, get the testimonies, get the practice of launching that program or whatever it might be. And it's worth that type of work in the first place. But now that our business is like drastically much larger than it was last year, our list is larger, people people who are interested is larger. The thing that we're setting up within our email service provider is lead scoring. And I'm not going to get into like what it is, but it's exactly what you're talking about. Like if they reach a certain amount of points, when I develop the system, that tells me and then I can trigger an automation at this certain point, this literal like how many points do they have on their contact? That means they've bought this product and this product, but not this one. So send them these type of emails. And they can it's going to go to like a much smaller amount of people. So you can talk in a different way when it's not broadcasting to a crowd. And I'm interested to see how those are going to work because some other data that we've learned about in our business, and we've known this for like a year and haven't done anything about it, is that people who buy our low price product at $29 within 30 days often will buy something else from us. But we just need to send them information on what else they can buy. So we're setting that up to all happen on its own in the background. Which is like the dream, right? (laughs) Yeah. Right. And I think that's the key is that for so long, we've been talking about automation as this like amazing thing. And it is amazing. But we haven't been looking at the way that technology can actually support the way that our relationships are built naturally. Instead, we've been approaching it as though well, this is the funnel that you need to follow because this is the funnel that everyone uses. And I can't even tell you when I sign up for someone's email list, I'm like, I know the exact email that's coming next because I know what's happening. And instead go, what actually works? How am I getting clients? How am I getting customers? What is that looking like? And yes, maybe you need the first kind of funnel in order to get that information. And that's totally valid. But don't just leave it there. Instead, keep improving the way that you do things. And because of the technology that we have now, 
there is no reason why, and it's even affordable. I mean, I do all this in active campaign, which costs me like 70 bucks a month, right? Like it's not (laughs) for my level of leads at the moment. And so it's able to do all of this stuff and seem super natural. And the same way that relationships actually get built in my business. So I feel really great about it. And it doesn't feel forced or false coming across to the people that are interacting with it. Want to learn exactly step by step how to get paid to generate leads in your business? I've kept these details to myself for far too long. I'm ready to spill everything and give you the exact steps that help me generate tens of thousands of qualified leads and millions in low ticket digital product sales. I won't just show you what I did, but teach you how you can do it too. I'm talking not just how to create low-ticket digital products, but also showing you how to use them strategically to generate leads for your other existing or future offers. I'm sharing it all at bossproject.com slash jumpstart, including exactly how I made $8,033 and generated 277 leads my very first month selling digital products. Find out more at bossproject.com slash jumpstart. When it comes to hiring, don't go searching for the one. Just meet your match with Indeed. Get unparalleled access to job seekers with over 350 million unique monthly visitors globally, according to Indeed data, and an extended reach through Glassdoor. I love that Indeed makes it easy to hire because I'm busy enough already. When we've hired in the past, the process was full of unqualified applicants. With Indeed, we can target the right candidates for the right position. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. In the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed, according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Just go to Indeed.com slash strategy hour right now and support our show by seeing you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash strategy hour. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Money issues are a common stressor in any relationship. Monarch Money is the top-rated personal finance app that can get you and your partner on the same page without any extra cost. Monarch has built-in collaboration features, so together you can see your finances, budget, and get insights on your cash flow. It's the easiest way to manage any household finances. I've tried other finance apps in the past, and they didn't work the way I wanted them to. I don't want to stress over finances. Monarch is the top-rated all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch's simple, intuitive design makes it so easy to get set up, customize, and use. Monarch prioritizes my privacy, and they'll never sell my data to third parties. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's the top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash strategy. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash strategy for your extended 30-day free trial. I think oftentimes, and I even forget this, I feel like TCC forgot this for the longest time, is you get into this routine because you're so like reading what every other online business is doing and how everyone else's launch is going that you 
get to this belief where you're like, I need to talk to everyone and get thousands and thousands and thousands of people on my list in order to reach the goals that I need to reach. Like we literally thought that and set a 38,000 subscriber goal in order to reach our financial goal in 2017, 16, 17. And it was so unattainable for how our business actually runs and what we want to be doing in order to get leads. And so it's like, if you actually sit and think about how to build relationships, it might take more thinking power and it might take more setting up, but the conversions of that are going to be astronomically greater than the other way. Totally. And that's why my clients see, I mean, last year I helped with seven launches just in the like from summer through the end of the year. And we saw, you know, five to 11% conversion rates because we're actually focused on the relational aspect of it versus the, well, this is just the, the pure method, right? The right. system. And you can only expect one to 3% because that's just what's supposed to happen. And so we kind of accepted the fact that 97% of the people on our list don't actually want to purchase any, don't actually want anything to do with us. And I was like, how would that work if that was like all your friends <laughs> that you hang out with all the time once a week? 97% of your friends don't actually like you. <laughs> yeah. And they're not actually going to go to dinner with you. You know what I mean? Like that's, silly. (laughs) And so to actually look at it and go like, what's the most human way we can do this? What's it actually look like? How do people relate to me? And let that color the way you do. And you're right. It does take a little bit more time on the front end. And you're going to make a lot of mistakes getting to get all that data along the way. But once you do, it's going to make your business work so much more smoothly and have the automation, the type of automation in place that will actually make the most difference and, you know, continue to increase the lifetime value of your customer too. Because a lot of people focus on that first purchase and they don't care what happens afterwards. They're just trying to self-liquidate their Facebook ads, right? But what if actually, maybe you don't make the money back right away, but eight weeks later they purchase and they do something. And then, you know, when you launch something, 12 weeks later, they're buying that $2,000 thing. And now they're astronomically worth more every person that comes on your list because of that. So it's keeping that long-term game in mind that's going to be really, really important as you're digging through all of this. So talk to us a little bit about the actual increasing. Like I get the like being more human and focusing on relationships, but like actual tactics and strategies, what are some things that you've seen people do that have made a significant difference, but aren't like a crazy change? In the context of launches or funnels or launches. So it's a couple of things. I think the first thing is just A, being aware of those people who are checking out things or the people who actually stayed the whole time on your webinar, but maybe they haven't purchased in those first few days. They're clearly interested in what you have to say. They sat through the pitch. These are people to reach out to. So like you guys did Voxer. That's awesome. Some people are doing like they'll do a Loom video or they'll use Vidyard and they'll record personal videos or voice memos and then email them. Or again, they'll set up those automations that trigger based on they clicked through on this email, they'll get this response or all those little things. So there's a lot of little actual tactics that you can take two. And I think the other side of that is sometimes we will do a downsell after a launch. So for those people who didn't necessarily go through, like went through the whole thing and they were super interested, but something probably just wasn't quite quite right or it wasn't the right time, whether that was financially or this one piece of their business that 
they didn't have giving them a piece of the product or something super related or that's very, it's like a smaller portion is another way that you can sort of continue that relationship with people. And then I think even just something as simple as like, being really present in your launch. So a lot of people, you sort of have the, again, everyone sort of operates in extremes. So one is either we've set all of it up and now we can just kind of sit back, relax and chill and it's not a big deal. And then there's the person who worries about everything, talks to every single person, sends every message and it's like hounding people the whole time personally. We don't want either of those things. We want a good combination of both. One is where you're like really spacious, you've gotten everything scheduled and ready, but then you're also incorporating like doing a lot of like live streaming and Instagram stories, like the things that actually put your face out there that feel really personal without being super personal. And the other thing is to incorporate feedback loops, especially early on in the launch. So asking people who are visiting that sales page, if they have questions, or even just having that little chat guy, right? Your chat support on that page for people to interact. Because another big piece of of how or why I feel like my clients convert well is because we do a lot of objections-based education. So we look at what are the questions people are asking? What are we hearing about it? What might need to be tweaked as far as the messaging or how we're approaching it or why people aren't jumping in that we can actually reverse engineer like a teaching topic so that we can transition into overcoming that objection as well. So it's totally value-based, but it's also that mindset switch of helping to get them in. And live stream has been one of the best ways to do that because it shows that I'm here, I'm listening, people can ask questions, so you're getting more information, people can interact with you in that way, but you're also helping to like push past some of those things that might be keeping them out of your programs. And I just learned today that live streaming on Facebook has six times more engagement than standard video on Facebook. So if you haven't gone live, go live. Yeah, it's scary. But once you do it, it's like, I have friends and family who are saying like, I can't believe you go live. I was like, I I mean, it's easier than recording a video these days. (laughs) Just do it and then repurpose Mm -hmm. it into the stuff. Yep. Just press it and go. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, I'd much rather do it that way. Yeah. Well, and it's stuff like this, like when you mention like overcome these objections and answer these before people even ask them and stuff like that. If you feel like you don't have that yet, but you also feel like you've had a failed launch, like you just need to dig into your data. So like every time someone's like, my launch didn't go very well, the the answers to those questions are within your reach, especially if your launch didn't go well. We've been known, like especially early on, but we still have emails that go out like this. Like, why didn't you buy this thing? You were primed. You were interested. You came to this and you clicked this and you opened that. Like, we don't say all of those things like in a condescending way, but like that's the data that we have. So we're truly asking like, what was it? Why didn't you buy? And we use those responses to beef up our FAQ page or maybe do a live stream about it. You're getting that data no matter if they buy or not. Totally. And one of the easiest ways, like you mentioned, to do that is after the launch, send you know, various types of that. Why didn't you buy emails to the different segments of your list? Like these are the people that were really hot. We really want to hear from these people because they were really close. And then the people who are just kind of hanging out on your list, watching it, but didn't necessarily click through or weren't totally sure, ask them too. Because maybe, and what's even great there is that you might even get the idea for your next product or like what else needs to happen because you're hearing from your people 
the things that they're challenged with or why they didn't or what they're really looking for. And that's the best way to develop products and programs in the future or to even inform like the thing that you do. I know one year I launched, I did business coaching and consulting for a little bit and I launched like a little business incubator and it didn't go as well as I wanted it to. But after reflecting, I was like, oh, it's because I positioned it all wrong. The information was good. People were interested. But the thing that I was proposing as the problem to solve wasn't actually the thing that they were feeling. I just didn't ask them beforehand. And had I known that, you know, I launched something very similar later and it, you know, converted like gangbusters because I actually positioned it the right way. And so all of that happened just by listening to people. Yes. Well, and I find that more often than not, that's people's situation more than they think. Like they think that their product is broken or their idea was bad or like the course is awful or whatever it might be. When in reality, like, no, people just weren't looking for that need to be filled. They're looking for that product, but they don't, the way that you positioned it is not the way that they're looking for it. Just change your messaging and test it out. Like I was helping my dad launch his first course a couple months ago. And I literally was like, if your course can help, you know, two or three different types of people, wherever they're at in that stage of business or life that you're helping solve, do a split test of sales pages or landing pages or messaging and see which one converts better. Like who is your audience and what need do they have? And then you'll run with that one. <laughs> yeah. Or there's even a lot of like fancy and not so fancy tools. It could be as simple as setting up a segmentation email and then actually having three very similar, but slightly different sales pages geared toward the right people, you're going to convert way higher because you're giving the right message to the right people. And there's even tools out there now that can you can set up the one page and depending on who they are, that it's like totally dynamic, which is really interesting. I know. It's so magical. <laughs> I know. It's so like geeky that I'm, I was like, oh, I need to dig into that. But there's a lot of even... If you don't have those fancy tools, there's a lot of ways that can be super simple to get people in. It can just be asking them a question on the opt-in page so that they get the right box, right? To put their information in. And that way you've got them in your system. They're tagged. You know exactly how to talk to them because you've got the information that you need. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's go into talk strategy to me and... I know this is going to be difficult because we spent the whole time talking about it, but let's let's really break it down. And if someone was going to launch here in you know the next month or so, what are three to five things they can implement for this next launch that will hopefully increase conversions? Yeah. So I think the first thing is, we didn't really talk about this, but I think it's kind of wrapped up in the conversation is try to pre-validate the product that you have. So really get in there and, and talk to your Yes, before you even put something together. Because you probably know what they need. You might just not know what they want yet. So you need to hear what their problem is. And then you can create the product that fits that. So if you've got an existing audience, do that. If you don't have an existing audience, build an audience around that thing, right? So the few things that we really talked about were to make sure that you've got priming content, that you're actually building that long-term relationship with them before you start selling to them. The second is find those personal ways that you can reach out to people or incorporate 
those little personal touches that can, or send invitations and things of that nature that can really amp up your conversions as well. And the third is to really like incorporate those feedback loops for yourself, whether that's live video or those personal touch points and things like that. So you can speak to the actual objections that your people have. And then I guess maybe the fourth thing would be <laughs> to collect that data, right? Ask your people, bef- you know, after your launch so that you can be informed for the next time or for the future of your business in general, because you're hearing from your most devoted supporters. Yes. Guys, I hope you took notes because <laughs> I know you did. <laughs> no, I, I took notes. I never... I never take notes, but I took notes and I'm like, I have some ideas for some things that we're doing in the next couple of weeks. So get excited, people. So y'all about to get nurtured as hell. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, Kate, thank you so much. How about you tell everyone where you are online so they can learn more from you? Yeah. So you can find me. My website is cobblestonecreativeco.com. That's my company. And then we're on Facebook at Cobblestone Creative Co. and on Instagram at cobblestonecreative.co. And then you can also pick up some of these systems and ideas that I've been talking about over in the Cobblestone shop, which is where I've packaged up. There's even a product called Launch It and Profit that gives you my launch planner, some sample email templates and all that good stuff at cobblestone.shop. Awesome. Thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you guys for having me. This was really fun. Looking to elevate your brand without the headache? Join the co-op, our creative template shop membership. With thousands of easy to customize templates, all crafted to seamlessly fit your business aesthetics. We make nurturing leads and driving sales effortless. We're talking serious impact and seriously simple creation. Become a member now at creativeshopcoop.com and transform your business today. That's creativeshopcoop.com.